Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Before we begin today, a quick announcement. On November 10th, there will be a virtual conference put on by the Global DCA, which is the Global Digital Currency Association, entitled Defying Expectations. It's on November 10. It's completely virtual, totally free for all to join. Online registration can be signed up for at global-dca.org forward slash news. The keynote speaker from FTX, the CEO and founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, among many others, speaking at this wonderful event. And the purpose is to help people utilize decentralized finance to help drive institutional performance. Now, without further ado, we'll get into our podcast for the day. And welcome, everybody, to the Irish Tech News Podcast to the Crypto Corner. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, where I bring you founders, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, visionaries in crypto and blockchain. And today I have an amazing visionary uh, who works in architecture, token economics, blockchain, crypto, DeFi, fintech, you name it. Daniel Steves, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jamil. Real pleasure to be here. You're very welcome. So uh, let's kick things off. I kick things off with the same question to everybody uh, who comes on my show, and that is, what is your background? And is it a logical background for what you do now? Okay, well, I, I often answer that by saying 40 years ago, I was moving around ones and zeros in assembler programming. Uh, I've moved away from the programming stage a lot over those years and into the architecture space. Uh, over the past 10 or more years, I've been primarily working as an independent. I, I got tired of the, the worlds of Accentures and Vodafones and uh, the, the big companies. I don't like how they do things and techies never get really appreciated in such places anyway. So uh, I've applied those skills a lot more into the startup sector space. I spent a lot of time mentoring at the famous Level 39 in London, one of the, one of the founding mentors over there. And uh, over the past four or five years is just as I follow technology along, I naturally get pulled into the blockchain space and started working uh, with a lot, a lot of different companies there. And I mean, the logical connection from my background to my foreground is probably that I, I like to do things the right way. I like to get things accomplished um, to deliver to a have technology delivered to a business requirement as opposed to being put into place for the sake of technology. And I like to take the large scale solutions and bring them down to a point where they can be delivered the way that you are meant to eat an elephant, like one bite at a time, starting in the right places. And that's what we're trying to do with our current project. And that's exactly what I try to do with the the various fintechs and other crypto type uh, startups and running businesses with whom I work. Great. So that transition from corporate to um, 
to crypto. Uh, I did that, so I was interested to see how how that went, how that transition went for you. Uh, naturally and smoothly. Originally, the market uh, in the ICO space, 2017, 18 was was quite vibrant, and there's a fair bit of work there. That that really tailed off quite a bit, and th there ended up being. A million experts, about a hundred of whom were actually were experts. But when I start taking a look at a at a crypto business, the first question I have is, okay, does it need to be blockchain? Second question is, do you need your own token, or are you simply using your own token as a method of raising funds? You know, is there actual real utility in it? And then, if you take a look at things like uh, the meme coins today, you get a lot of stuff that is just buy it, pump it, dump it, and make some money, but there's no business model behind it. So there's no real token economy in that. And if you're working in that way and that's what people are going for, that's great, but you have to make it clear to what your users and buyers are going to get. In our case with Tudorbirds, I'm, I tell my users, don't buy our coin expecting it to be a thousand X in, in six months or something. It's not going to be based on that. We have value propositions. We have a revenue model. We don't, uh, we don't burn tokens. I, I have a, I have a real problem with people who create a quadrillion coin market cap. And on the day after the token generation event, they, they burn 25%. So what, what was the point in the first place? And a, a whole bunch of zeros is attractive to people because it looks like there's a lot more room to go up. But if there's not an actual value proposition for the business, then it's simply, I have to scream louder about my coin than you're screaming about your coin to come and buy it. And it's the same thing in the NFT space. So we've tried to create a model uh, like I do with every business I've worked with, whether it's a, a startup or an existing one, to, to show people where the value is, to show people why it's a worthy investment, to show people why there are revenues that are going to come in and, and derive value for the users and holders and for the business itself. If that so answers the question. It does. I have two follow-ups, but I'll ask them later. Um, the, the most important thing is question is what is two birds and how does it work and what is you know what's the roadmap ahead what is that okay that, it, uh, the roadmap is current and present actually what we've done here before I describe two birds itself is it's an nft driven social gaming arena in the DeFi space is the is the short answer for what it is the longer uh, approaches that we have taken a lot of time to define our architecture of where we're going to go to create the architecture of the underlying betting system underneath it, which will connect a bunch of different games and to, uh, to build an architect and prepare all of our NFTs. Uh, a lot of startups that I see, a lot of the NFT space, the token space, et cetera, they, they are simply a, um, I don't want to be implied, I'm not going to call it a cash grab, but there's no real basis other than a promise. So what we've tried to do is create the token economy, the tweet paper, the basis of the arena site, and we put in one smart contract driven game to, to get ourselves started and to demonstrate the, the, the prowess and abilities of the team. So what we have here is a place that's going to emphasize competitions and games, simple and complex, uh, hosted within virtual real estate game rooms in our arena. And it's a, it's a slightly different take because we're not, we're not working simply on a single flagship game. We are working with a game dev partner towards that, the actually moving the birds from the nest to evolving them into spacesuits so they get to the space station, giving them more challenges and leveling up in that 
space to be able to get to the moon. So the to the birds to the moon, that kind of gives you an idea of where the name came from. And uh, from there to, to different stages of the games, we'll get a little bit more extensive and capable, hopefully, as we go forward. But there's also simple games, like the current one is a crypto prediction head-to-head. And if I put in a bet and you put in a bet and I beat you, I, I take the winnings out the house never earns other than they're kind of a rake across the top it's not a it's not a situation where you lose and the house wins it's always the players themselves who get the preponderance of the uh the revenue pot distributed to them we also uh one of the reasons we have a no burn economy for our tokens this what I often call a false economy with the burning is that 10 percent of all of the game revenues are redistributed to the holders the uh, so whether you're playing the games or not, you will earn from any of the revenues that happen within the arena. And that same model of five percent to the house, ten percent to the token holders, and eighty-five percent to the players uh, is is followed through for carried through rather in the uh, virtual gaming rooms, which our users can operate. Now the users have the that are operating those games can do something different with the eighty-five percent if they want. If they want to, if if somebody checks a version of a game out of the library and decides to only give fifty percent to the players and keep thirty-five, somebody else is doing it with a different model, then the competition will, will, you know, supply and demand will bear out who actually succeeds better in that. So we're, we also have a moderation element within the community and the promotion element. So we want our users to be able to earn by adding value and creating value. Uh, hearing about, part, part of this comes from, I love the idea of people being able to raise chickens and put food on their plate for their family. Love the idea even more about people being able to be proud about what it is that they've done. So our our junior members of our marketing team are a good example. They are in there. They are learning along the way. They're going to be rewarded for what they're doing because they're adding value. When they come up with smart ideas about better ways to do things, then they'll earn even more. So in the case of if you, Jamil, had a virtual gaming room and you were hosting Jamil's crypto battle, uh, and, and you set the odds in there, there'll be a little switch that you'll be able to flick that says, yes, I'm open to users promoting this. And I'll, I'll share 10% of my revenue to other users who can do the social community thing and drive game uh, players to your game. In so doing, they will not only earn and hopefully increase the revenues of the game for yourself in the first place, but they're also going to learn valuable skills that they can apply to other communities. Hopefully, we'll have enough traffic, interest, and excitement in our ecosystem that they won't go away. But we're, we want to actually teach skills that are going to allow people to bring value to us and, in turn, bring value back to themselves. Uh, along with that, we have the uh, not-yet-revealed NFT staking me mechanism that we're putting in place. So the people who hold NFTs will actually be able to earn value from them, either additional revenues or bird tokens, uh, part of the royalty share from the aftermarket of revenue, uh, uh, aftermarket of the NFTs will also be distributed to those uh, NFT stakers. Uh, we haven't revealed this yet because it's just too easy to, to borrow and reuse, uh, but the, the, the basics are in place and that should be ready to go by the, at the latest by the beginning of Q1 next year. Awesome, awesome. Um, so you, you sent me a, uh, you sent me a email before we started. You said, ask me why, why do NFTs have so much more utility than apes, punks, and birds, right? And 
I want to ask that. <laughs> so um, <laughs> why? What are they? Well, our NFTs are different, right? The, the way the birds are quoted, and I mean, birds are arrogant, right? They fly above us, they look down on us all, but their basic premise is they don't breed like common punks and horses, and they're not really exactly sure what the apes are up to, but they evolve. So we're using a, a slightly different, uh, or it's not different, but it's a, a, a new take on the ERC-721 NFT token. And I don't want to get into all these technical things, but it's called ERC-1155. And this allows you to compound multiple NFTs into a single contract. So what we will be doing is the users will have their non-fungible bird, which is an NFB, the NFT, and that they will be able to add assets to this, helmets, jetpacks, boots, and so on. And they'll be able to mint themselves, and that will add their capabilities now the other element of the arena bet system that comes into play here is that we will know your wallet when you join us we will know what you're holding in it so if you are holding one of our birds and some of our tokens then we can identify you by profile and we'll connect that profile back to where you are on the leaderboards within the system and the, the different types of awards and uh, other mechanisms that are there and based on people's attendance and involvement they will be more likely to receive a drop of potentially a, a free nft or a raffle ticket or tournament tickets uh coming up also again next year we plan on putting in a a really good set of tournaments so that you can go in and play against the leaders uh side bet systems like you might find in poker rooms where you can bet on or against or or bet the same way as that player is playing so we want to give these types of capabilities for people to to come in and the battle x game itself is actually kind of fun because you get to win or lose whether the without investing the crypto itself so if somebody lost a hundred bucks on uh on, on their bitcoin investment that's a bad example it's a hundred bucks isn't much on a bitcoin but if somebody's lost something on on their investments what you're actually doing is gambling on the ups and downs so the potential is that you you could bet against your own uh portfolio and uh earn when it goes down and bet on your portfolio and earn also when it goes up in both directions if that makes sense so the the nfts themselves we have a lot of uh potential for them we're working with a partner right now to visualize the aspects of taking your non-fungible bird in the backpack and creating the 3d characters and those are the folks that we hope to be creating our first uh game with as well using the birds the other games themselves are so much more simple like it could be a trivia game it could be a trivia game that you check out of the library and if your passion is formula one you can stack it up with formula one questions the community can double check and make sure you're not scamming or, or lying or, or ripping people off and every single game that you put on you will have to deposit some coins into an escrow wallet to make sure that you're on the up and up. So we're going to protect the users from you. We're going to protect you from yourself. And we're going to make sure everybody has a, a fair environment to work in and uh, to play in. And as that goes, this allows those NFTs to uh, uh, also take in the, the positives and negative reviews that you and your game get. Uh, if I work for you as a promoter and you pay me as promised and I rate you high, if I've done a great job for you as a promoter, then I'm rated high. And these are like... Like in, the, in school, they used to call it your permanent record. Well, this will be your permanent arena record. So the bird itself will be that identifier, that avatar. But also, we will have coming again, the, nothing is 
we don't have everything in complete and ready and rocking yet. This is part of the where we will apply the funding to, to continue the development. We'll have uh, workshops within the arena where other users who don't want to play or maybe aren't investors, uh, they can come in and they can forge these assets. They can sell these assets to other players. Others may come in and buy those assets and build up the non-fungible bird into a stronger, higher character uh, who, who may win more, who may get a higher share of the earnings, who may have access to games in advance. And the people who don't want that, just like in your World of Warcraft and all of the other online games, they'll be able to buy the upgraded avatars and use that as their profile rather than uh, what they had before. So we're, we're kind of looking at all of the different angles. And this goes back to what I have done in the past is I, I look at the best of what's out there. I look at what works for me. I get rid of the stuff that doesn't. And we, we create a system that has a best of breed application. And uh, we add some, some unique elements to it. And that's what I feel that we've done with Tudor Birds. It definitely sounds like it. Um, you know, um, you, you talk about gaming, you talk about Battle X, and I, I got to ask you what your thoughts are in the application or where we're at right now in the application of prediction markets and prediction models in NFTs. Prediction models in NFTs is a, is a really difficult one because I mean, you, prediction models in crypto in general, just kind of confuse me to be honest. Now I'm not a, I'm not a deep finance expert. So when I look at candle charts and all of this other stuff, I have to look close to see what's going on. But most of that is done from historical data and the trends that are out there. And to be honest, we don't have the level of historical accuracy that we need to be able to do that with crypto. We certainly don't with NFT. Uh, NFTs rather with crypto itself, it's a little bit closer to the mark uh, on, on some of the major coins, but the vagaries of the market and the way things go up and down are a complete confusion to anybody. Anybody who tells you they're an expert are, they aren't telling you the truth. You can be an expert in economies and in cryptos and all of the different technologies around it, but in terms of how the market works. So you'll see on LinkedIn, for example, people posting candle charts that say, oh, Bitcoin's gonna hit this or drop to that because of this. And sometimes it does and they feel great about themselves and other times it doesn't and they just make the same excuses that I just made. So when you apply that to the NFT space, God, I don't know how to answer the question because I don't know how to do anything predictive in there. Um, I'm involved. I, I, I got lucky on a draw and I bought a Damien Hurst currency NFT, which is a really cool project that he's come in. And I'm not a real big Hurst fan, to be honest, but he's printed 10,000, I think it is, or 9,000 NFTs based on original works that he's created. And you have, you bought it for a certain amount of money and it, the, currently they've gone up I've seen them as high as 80 times the cost of the original purchase, and they're wavering around 15 times that right now. But what's interesting about it is that, and, and why the prediction model can't apply is, is because of human behavior. His project is you have 12 months to decide that you're going to keep the NFT or exchange it for the original. And to exchange it for the original is to get like an eight and a half by 11 signed number Damien Hurst uh, like original, not uh, nothing copied about it. Every single one of them is unique. And you can have that and frame that and put it on your wall, or you can have the NFT. If you choose the physical, the NFT is burnt. If you choose the NFT at the end of this 12-month period, the physicals themselves, the actual paintings, 
his originals, his, his work will be burnt the same way as NFTs are burnt, except with real fire. So is that going to drive the value of them up? I mean, a, a few hundred have been redeemed. Has it made a difference in the market? No. The market tends to go in the NFT space for the people who have been making profits on their Ether and Bitcoin then roll some of those profits into buying NFTs. Uh, when, the, when the market is down like it was a couple of weeks ago, the traffic is less. When the market is up like it is now, the, the traffic goes up. Uh, but when you have somebody turning around and selling themselves a crypto punk or a bored ape for $6 million, when it's actually going from his own wallet to his own wallet, which has been tracked and proven, then the prediction models are based on these types of transactions and that totally skews any accuracy from what I would say. So this NFT stuff, the reason we have these non-fungible birds the way that we've done it to, to evolve rather than breed, and it, 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 the breeding is interesting. You take two, two NFTs and you create a third one and uh, Zed run horses I think it is have been clever and they've they've removed the incest formula so a brother and sister horse can't breed whereas in the other spaces they can so you, you'll see that type of stuff a little bit more but you take two NFTs and you create a new one or you have uh, somebody takes the crypto punks and create the COVID punks by cre recreating them all by putting a mask over their face but they are still just pieces of art, whether you call them art or not, whatever your preference is, but they're just pieces of art that have no real function. So this is why we tried to tie the revenue generating business of the games arena into the application of the NFTs so that both would have potential to increase each other's value because of the function and the utility of them. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And and uh, I'm going to probably buy a bird. Um, so let's uh let's shift you know things a little bit um you co-authored a book called the fintech circle right um what was that all about and what lessons did you take that you could apply to today's marketplace and then since and to the ico growth since 2017. okay well the, the fintech circle was an initiative by a colleague of mine uh, suzanne chisti and and her team Yanis barbarous just to give them full credit uh where they were trying to get a bunch of views from a bunch of us it was interesting too because it was crowdsourced the crowd picked our pricey of our articles and voted on which ones they wanted to have into play now i've done a fair bit of work in nigeria um working with some banks but primarily with fintechs and doing some mentoring and startup um haven't traveled there since covid don't uh, and and pre-COVID, the Nigerian economy started to to get a little bit rough anyway. But these are businesses that are creating an inclusivity for people um, to ensure that the unbanked have access to the banking services. Even if one of the companies I've worked with down there called Vogue Pay has this, who I focused on, in fact, as an example in the article, they have a mechanism where you could send your mother money that she could go to the ATM and withdraw, even if she only had the code. She didn't have a bank account, she didn't have a card, and you would enable these types of capabilities for people. And I, I, I like this a lot. And how that applies forward to, to us, part of that anyway, is the, the inclusivity element. Because I noticed that, uh, I'm not sure whether it was chicken, I think maybe it was Axies, 
races where the entry point because of the cost of the nfts got so high that you couldn't possibly come in and be able to make a profit to, to put that proverbial plate of food on the table in front of your family so we've decided that there will always be an accessible base level non-fungible bird available to anybody we'll we'll try to keep the prices uh reasonable and controllable um and Worst case scenario is we'll just create more and, and distribute them as we need to. They may be at a different level and a different value uh, proposition, but we want to make sure that people have access to the arena to do these types of things. We want to believe that uh, the, the way that FinTech works is it disrupts finance. While the way that uh, our space is meant to work, we're trying to disrupt the arena uh, you have the arena disrupt the DeFi gaming space a little bit. We want to make it a little bit more accessible. And we want to have simple games that people can come and play. Our current second game in production right now is called Bird Tris, which is going to be a bird-orientated version of Tetris. Again, a head-to-head -head type of a battle, leaderboards and so on. I envision we could have a simple Pong game for old guys like you and me that want to go retro. And the little Pong ball is uh, maybe it's the bird's head. The trivia I mentioned earlier, and, and and to get into more complex games, and some of these things won't even be our own games. We're we're starting to partner up with a trying to finalize a couple of partnerships with gamer networks because what we want to do is allow them to. They, they currently sit and they they stream on Twitch, and they people watch them play, and the players earn from the advertising that the other viewers are getting. We want to move that Twitch stream into our room. We won't disrupt that stream of revenue for the players at all when it's their own uh, but we want to give the, the users the ability to come in and bet on the guy or bet against the guy uh, if it's a, a simple player saying like maybe he won't get up the hill before the truck gets blown up or or maybe he won't be able to morph into the new character before he, the, the boss kills him or it could be two players in a head-to-head -head battle and the people will be able to come in and some people will be able to set little side bets along the way and the other players will be able to bet on it. The players themselves will earn every step of the way from their own revenue share, and the users have the opportunity to do a little bit more. And to me, it, it, I wasn't certain about the overall gaming and betting aspects until I started to realize that more than two-thirds of what happens on the DeFi chain is people doing this. So we're filling a demand. We're not, I don't believe we're exploiting in any way, particularly since we don't win. Right. We we're if, if you compare a blackjack table and a poker table in the casino, we're the poker table. If players win it all. The house just takes a couple of chips from every game, whereas in blackjack, the, the odds are in the house's favor and the house takes all the profits. And we're not in that business. We're here to uh, redistribute that wealth amongst the people who want to play and just take a little bit of what I guess you'd call it an arena facility fee for for doing so. Great. So. Um... You know, you and I were in the same kind of business back in 2017. You were ICO advisor and ICO bench, and so was I. And you, you know, you mentioned crowdfunding, and you say you work closely with mission-driven teams. You know, um, and how, what was your assessment of that ICO space? Was it just crowdfunding or money grabs, or how did you find you know your ability to to make a mission different? Uh, different a uh, mission driven uh difference um i'm just curious because i was that's kind of why i was there too yeah well let's say telegram raised billions on a ico with 
no purpose, no function, no value, and they've had to give a bunch of the money back and they've never done anything of any remote value in the space that I can see. Great tool, great for chaps, chats, lots of people use it in the crypto space, it's brilliant. If I tr contrast that with a company that I worked with in Korea, who have sadly not succeeded, what they had and what we created, the, I, I tend to go in and take a business model and make it better. Is, is, is my is my primary goal and to, to be rewarded for doing so and when they don't succeed it doesn't work out as well as you might like but they had a a, a function where they were going to create an exchange that allowed people to invest in the startups in the crypto space that they were going to mentor coach advise and accelerate and they were going to if you invested in their tokens into those companies and those companies failed then they were going to pay you back I like this one. I thought this was brilliant. I thought the idea of giving that level of protection uh, combined with the level of commitment that you have. It's like I've been talking with a couple of lot of marketing firms about Tudorbirds and everybody wants money. Everybody wants you to just give them a bag of money and they guarantee you nothing. Now, a client I worked with earlier this year, because uh, I still do a, a bit of the day job stuff on the side occasionally, their model was uh, the marketing firm they were working with were taking 2.5% of their token cap vested for two years, nothing more. So if that company doesn't succeed, that market marketing company earns nothing. Uh, to me, I, I won't work entirely for free, but I always try to have a model where it's a bit of each. So that client gave me some cash to do some stuff and gave me some tokens uh, and rewards so that if they succeed, then, then I get a, a, a bit of that. When we go to places like ICO Bench, I, I withdrew ICO Bench from my profile. I withdrew my, uh, my, my personal details from their site. The moment I found out that most of the guys in the top 10 were just being paid to do good reviews. I was extremely frustrated with that. And that, that was a, uh, just a forerunner to what's happening today in the crypto space. I mean, the scams are phenomenal. It's, uh, it, people think they're being scammed with online uh, transactions and, and fake websites. And we, earlier this year, booked a hotel on a site that we're still arguing with the bank to get our money back. But we're not, 150 bucks for a hotel is not the same as 100,000 bucks into a token. Or uh, somebody, I was speaking with today, a friend of mine bought a token because uh, he found it on to be something that was rising and he was all excited about it pumping and he went out and he, he searched for it and he bought it on the Binance Smart Chain and he put a thousand bucks in it and he, he told me, hey, wow, this is cool. Look, it's doubled in price since I bought it, except he bought the wrong one and so he's lost his money because it's not on the Binance Smart Chain, it's on ERC-20 right other people will send out fake addresses because the, the the crypto space itself isn't strongly policed enough so the the caveat emptor buyer beware is 10 times more than it's ever been in this space people you go into a telegram group or a discord channel and ask for help you'll almost immediately get 10 messages from people that are trying to help you and every one of them is a scam you know they want your seed phrase so they can steal from your wallet and it's getting worse now because that gentleman I mentioned earlier who bought the wrong contract on the wrong chain, uh, it looks like his wallet may have been compromised because it may be a some, something that happens a lot more on the Ether side of things, but seems to be happening now on the BSC side is it's a compromised malicious contract that seems to have been draining his wallet. So we've, we've shut it down as best as we can. So 
I, yeah, a lot of it's money grabs in the ICO space. A lot of the people that are in the ecosystem around it are just trying to money grab from people or take advantage of them. Uh, those aren't money grabs aren't as bad as scams, but they there is a fair bit of the overlap in that space. And when I see, are they crowdfunding or are they money grabs? Both. Look at the business model. Is there anything real? Look at the token economy, right? I, I'm not as much worried these days as if the token has been, uh, the team has been revealed completely or not. In our case, uh, some of my devs haven't been because they're also working in other projects for other people. But myself and my CTO were, were visible and available. But we're working in the wild west of DeFi. And if you're working in the wild west, then you have to hide behind trees once in a while that people are going to shoot at you and you have to be prepared that somebody might try to. So watch what you're doing, everybody. Be cautious because a great business model. Um, <laughs> there was one earlier this year. These guys were called the war on rugs. They were creating a coin to, to fight against Ether and its costs and all of this other stuff. They had done audits on other coins and so on and so forth. And then they did a two or three million dollar grab and they were gone and disappeared right so this can happen you have to do your research those are are they money grabs or are they criminals that are, are those things the same no not if the team has the potential and the promise to deliver not if there's a real business model that could be delivered and if you see a strong white paper and a strong token economy and and a whole bunch of bits and pieces most of them are too lazy to do that Right. So if, if the mechanics aren't there and if the details aren't there, then don't expect a lot. And in the NFT space, because the last part of your question is how does that apply to it? It's, um, it's probably just as bad because I don't think people realize that literally 65 percent or more of the NFTs that are being released are being released by uh, 20 percent of the people. And the owners, 80% across the board, they're buying their own. They're, they're, they're going out and taking profits from a previous uh, NFT drop. They're going out and they're, they're using the, the, the money and the hype to build up the communities. I, I see ugly uh, pictures that I wouldn't want to bother owning or showing off, but that's a matter of taste, uh, but with no business model behind them. It's just it's a, it's a JPEG of a frog or of a of a panda bear or of something and i'm i'm not using those to point out any any of them in particular so i'm not trying to disparage any specifically although i could do that as well uh but if if the nft is just that simple the only way that you're ever going to have the value increases by by people pumping it and hyping it up right we're looking at our nfts having value in the arena so that there's a, a different element to it but when it's just somebody taking selling a bunch of NFTs, taking a million bucks of the five million that they've made and driving it into marketing to sell yet one more, they're just taking the profits off the top. Will those NFTs ever go up in value? I don't know. When I look at this Damien Hurst, who is an accomplished world-known artist, uh, you might not like sharks in formaldehyde, but he certainly has a name and a reputation as a, as a big time, one of the top tier artists in living in the world today. Um, and I see his NFTs selling at 10 or 15 times what they were, but I see a bored ape or a crypto punk selling at a million. It just boggles my mind. I don't know where the demand comes from. I, I 
personally, even if I had made a hundred million dollars in Bitcoin, which sadly I didn't, I still wouldn't spend a million on a on a board ape or on a crypto punk um, or on pretty much any other NFT unless it was something that was close and near to my heart and something that I uh, or something that I was going to have some utility and function to to use somewhere in the future. This past weekend, I just published a podcast that I had with Christian Hook, who is a world famous uh, photographer, a painter, filmmaker, and he wrote, he created a new series called Painting the Invisible. And uh, that was an amazing podcast. He's actually, you know, like I said, an artist, a filmmaker, a real person, you know, doing something real. So um, I want to ask a couple more questions. Um, Can I jump back in first, if you don't mind, sure. on that one? Yeah. Yeah. A, a, one of my partners in Berlin, his father is a top-tier professional photographer. He's got some amazing work. And we started talking about the NFT stuff. And the application for him, like for a lot of um, physical world artists, can be different. NFTs have so much more function than art only. In fact, that that to me, that's one one hundredth of what they will be. And we have great plans for all kinds of other stuff uh, in, in the arena to enable people to use NFTs for, for personal use as we go down the road. But in his case, it's, he wants to give people and he wants to sell one NFT per painting. And the NFT becomes a provenance and a record of it. It gives the person a nice uh, high resolution image that they can show off on their background of their uh, of a zoom call or on a on their windows screen what have you uh and they've got the actual physical in place as well which is a qr code in the back that allows them to scan it to go back so those are connected we talked about doing limited editions and he doesn't want to that doesn't work for him for other artists it might hockney well, again one of the top artists in the world today happens to also be english um he does everything online now everything that he does in the past couple of years has been done on created on his iPad uh, and it's got some beautiful work and he's stated more than once that he will never do any of it in the NFT space. So having guys like Hearst cross that border, working with a real world gallery in a strange phenomenon like the way that one is set up is pretty exciting because it starts to show where these things go. In the arena, we're going to have rooms where, I don't know, maybe you're a stamp collector. Maybe you've got 10,000 stamps or coins or, or baseball cards or Pokemons or Star Wars characters. We want to give the ability to you to do what I just said that photographer was doing, right? And this is, this is a secret, so don't tell anybody, right? We'll give you the ability to mint part or all of your collection. We'll give you a gallery that you'll be able to show it off to friends and family or the public. We will bring in aspects of a previous startup that I was personally involved in, uh, where we will have experts give you valuations and potentially offer to buy it. Or if, and so you get the valuation for free. If you don't buy it, if you don't sell it to them, then they may charge you for the valuation or they may take a royalty when you sell it if you decide to sell it. But it, the, the types of things that people can do with NFTs go far beyond that as well. It could just be your, your lease. You could be a real estate agent and I've given you the exclusive rights to, a, to a sell a place for six months. Maybe an NFT can prove that and expire at the end of the six months and show the buyer that you are exclusive and show the uh, allow the agent to prove that he's connected to the buyer because those are the types of scams and things that are out there that A, we don't need to waste money on lawyers for, uh, B, smart contracts done properly with the right templates can do a heck of a lot of good stuff for people. So we plan on doing a lot more with them. 
sorry for the interruption. <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, you actually answered <laughs> part of the answer quote to my question. So I have one last question, actually. Um, I want to thank you. First of all, thank you very much for your time today. This is amazing, an amazing conversation. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I, my last question is this, how can people find out more information about you, about what you do, about two to birds? How can they buy one? How can they do that? Um, I'll give you some links to put in your transcript later. So it's easier for people. We're currently at the spot right now, our token, which is called dollar B U R D bird. Um, and we've taken that just to try to make ourselves more unique, even though tomorrow somebody could use the same name part of the problem. We're in pre-sale mode right now. Uh, it's uh, sale.tutorbird.io. And if you go to sale.tutorbirds.io, you can participate in the pre-sale where you're getting a 10% discount on our tokens. Larger scale investment investors have an opportunity for a 20% discount. And we're soon listing with the CoinsBit Central Exchange, which allow, uh, adds a little bit of credibility to the DeFi space when you have a centralized exchange listing. So people will be able to buy the coin there with Fiat as well when we open that listing at the time of our public sale, should be in the next couple of weeks as well. We have an NFT whitelist uh, as well if people want to be able to come in and buy three get one free they can do that now in advance they won't get the nfts until the drop happens because we're we're keeping the secrecy we'll soon reveal part of our uh, collection on OpenSea. our we have a uh, our chief bird officer is the primary designer behind our birds and we were originally going to have our nine thousand unique non-fungible bird nfts as the drop we started to look and realize that we like our birds and we don't have a single species of ape. We have eight different species of birds. Um, some of them are female, which is also unusual in this space. We, we hope it's, uh, it gets noticed. But the, the different species, there'll be another gamification that comes later. If you have one of these NFTs of each species in your wallet, then we'll give you another bonus to be determined. The, uh, the difference in our drop though, is we've seen how beautiful and how attractive and how popular our chief bird officers collection are. And we've decided let's exploit that and make people happy. So everybody that buys one of our NFTs will get one of the 9,000 uniques and they will get one of uh, 100 uh, different NFT 3D videos that are a limited set of each. The remainders of those sets will be later on sale at OpenSea at a higher price, but uh, you'll get the two for one. We actually call it two bird droppings for one, just to uh, just to make it stick with our bird thing. The backstory of the birds is that they basically flown around and they see the earth is messed up and they've decided they want to escape. And they know that they need to get into space. They need spacesuits and helmets and jetpacks, but they also realize they don't have any fingers. So that's where they've created the turn their nest into an arena to bring the humans in, to encourage them to play, to bet, to win, to earn, and to create these assets that the birds needs to fly away. Because without fingers, how do you make a jetpack? So that, that's that story with them. And uh, what they're like, I think I lost the last part of your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's perfect. Um, I'm going to check back with you in a year to see what you learn about the space economy. <laughs> with, with the bird. So, um, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure, Jamil. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.